Welcome to a Seeds of Wellbeing Voices from the Field podcast, featuring voices of Hawaii agriculture producers for Hawaii agriculture producers. These podcasts are made possible by a grant from the University of Hawaii College of Tropical Agriculture and Human Resources, also known as CTAR, and the Seeds of Wellbeing or So project, and is supported by a grant from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, National Institute of Food and Agriculture, and the Hawaii Department of Agriculture. People decide to enter into agriculture in Hawaii for a variety of reasons, but it is clear from our conversations with ag producers throughout the state that it requires having certain qualities to both reduce stress and be successful. Let's listen to one voice from the field. I've been a ag producer for about 18 years on the Big Island and more recently in the past two and a half years I've been an ag educator and beginner farmer trainer. Um, also been involved as a founding member of the Hawaii Seed Growers Network as a seedsman and a seed grower. We experienced very difficult weather and we lost crops on a few occasions and we were very successful at other occasions. Um, in those times of losing crops, the Hawaiian man, we were leasing the land from a, from a Hawaiian family and um, he saw our crop just get destroyed by wind and rain. And we're talking about tens of thousands of dollars right before the holiday season. Our entire family income, we had four children. And uh, he just shared one word and it's this word, onipa'a. We just heard from an ag producer and educator on the Big Island of Hawaii. So what is onipa'a? As with many Hawaiian words, it can mean different things. So let's hear from Kumu Shan Chun from the island of Kauai to learn more. So I was with the University of Hawaii uh, for a while. I'm mainly in the realm of culture, Hawaiian culture. So I'm a cultural specialist uh, in various things. I've also worked with DLNR as a horticulturalist in the past too. When you talk about onipa, it has many meanings. So a lot of people hear it um, or see it on, um, um, you know, logos or or things like that. Yeah, but mainly what it means is to be uh, consistent or steadfast. Yeah, um, pa is um, to be uh, solid or stuck. You know, in your way, and uh, so when you when you do things, when you when you talk about onipa. Um, there, there's a lot of means, meanings to it, but the main thing is that you, you're continuous and steadfast and consistent. And that's, that's the meaning that I like to give with Oinonipa. Next, let's hear from a Molokai farmer and Sitar Extension agent about traits he believes lead to successful farming. I'm a county extension agent on the island of Molokai. I've been in this position now for 40 years. Um, I've worked in a lot of these areas, aquaculture, floral nursery, um, livestock, row crops, seed production. And I think uh, you have to really work at keeping a balanced mind and, and, and some farmers just totally stress out when something's happened. Some farmers like are like, it's like water on a duck. It just rolls off their back and they say, you know what, learn from experience. So there's really different types of people, some of which should not be in farming. 
<laughs> because they cannot handle the stress. It's like, what do you do when, when things change quickly and drastically? Uh, you're not used to it. You know, there's no social contact, um, loss of income. You know, people struggle th through so many things, yeah, you know. Um, and so, you know, you can either have choices, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can, you know, and in the arts and stuff, we, you know, we call it kohoia, you make choices. And, you know, you can either turn and run and, and go in a different direction, or you can kind of be onipa and, and just be steadfast and look forward to um, opportunities and, and changing mm -hmm. and go at the times, yeah. You know, so a lot of times, you know, we get stuck in the, the thing is like, you know, this was this way and I cannot no longer do it that way. In reality, uh, you, you know, being steadfast doesn't a lot of times doesn't mean um, continuing in the same method. It also means to look for opportunities and and be strong and and steadfast in in what you need to be be doing and get done. So you know, there's there's a lot of things I look at for opportunities um, rather than looking back and you know trying to fight things that we cannot change sometimes. Yeah. So there, there's, I mean, everybody can, whatever that is, everybody can find their own story. And finally, we had the voices of a couple that moved to the big island of Hawaii from Oahu to begin farming, and they share what they have learned. We are right now primarily in livestock. I, I grew up on Oahu, and um, it's um, really different here, dealing with um, the, just the climate itself and having a lot of... Uh, expectations going into this that um, were not were not met um, in terms of like the quality of the soil that we're working with or the um, the prevalence of certain um, diseases parasites um, things that we don't have on Oahu where I grew up um, it really does um, cause kind of a emotional productivity burnout that makes it an extra chore to continue to maintain this lifestyle. Soil quality is, uh, is definitely a struggle um, because the uh, it's so volcanic here. Um, soil is almost non-existent. Um, we have to either purchase a lot of the um, a lot of the fertilizers and um, additives that we uh, that we need, or um, have to make it ourselves, which is a time-consuming process to compost and to uh, create the amount that we need to grow crops. Um, that's gonna that takes a long time, and for the amount of, of turnover that we have with organic waste, it's not something that's sustainable with just what we produce. Now let's continue to listen to the voices of these ag producers and key informants as they discuss qualities and philosophies that keep them and other Hawaii farmers and ranchers focused and steadfast. To be a farmer. You gotta have some thick skin, uh, and you gotta be able to lose an entire crop and then go plant it again. And you might even lose it again, and you need to go do it again. And each time you do it, you might do it a little differently. You'll you likely have learned something. So dealing with these stressors on a land from a land-based perspective, um, you will. Farmers will fail, crops will fail, and you're gonna have to, farmers will have to make a choice whether they wanna, you know, hang up the farm belt and pick up, you know, the computer hat 
or a different career or they're gonna have to go back out and say hey you know um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do this again and I'm gonna try this a little different or I'm gonna try this different crop because things are coming different um, I also believe that that resiliency that farmers can create is a certain renaissance back to crops that that are incredibly successful here yeah, I think it's mindset and understanding and the willing to to let go of the old and, and and look at new things in a different perspective uh, you know so instead of uh, instead of sitting on the problem yeah you, you want to think about solutions and uh, and reach out to others too yeah, and look what's happening around you I think um, being innovative and and thinking things from a different perspective and being being willing to change and kind of get out of the comfort zone, I think is helpful. For me, one of the primary things that I've done to address the lack of soil is to give up on growing plants for now. Um, and I have, you know, he does a lot more plant stuff. Um, I'm focusing mainly on the livestock. And so um, our property being super rocky and interestingly enough, maybe having more nutrition in it somehow than some of the other lots, um, our goats do really well with a minimum amount of input. So I'm thinking that that is a direction that I want to move in more. As um, the goat farmers in our area get older and start to not want to keep bucks anymore, I'm kind of the person collecting the genetics, the bucks. So we have one really good dairy buck who um, was rented out multiple times this year and is already on reserve for multiple people for next year. And then there's a buckling that um, we'll be getting here in a few weeks who, you know, is barely four months old. And I already have people asking me if they can rent him when he's old enough because um, really good, like, meat and dairy genetics there. And so, you know, part of it is sometimes just accepting that the thing you wanted to do isn't super feasible and then figuring out what is possible with the land that you have and that fills a need in the community. And for us right now in our local area, keeping bucks is, is fulfilling that need. We now hear their thoughts on what is often described as a spiritual connection to the land. Learning and understanding that as, 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 as a traditional Hawaiian practice, we're connected to the land. And with that comes a certain level of spirituality. And so with that comes along with understanding that we have a responsibility to, to the land and to the environment. I think that um, the teaching that we get from a number of different cultures throughout the world, this understanding that the land is actually the highest chief. If a farmer can approach the landscape with that mindset, that's a, that is a spiritual mindset. For the farmer, it, it humbles you and helps you understand that you're actually not totally in control. The land will often show you, because it is the highest chief, the land will show you, this grows well, this doesn't. This is how the water moves, don't try to do it this way. This is how to, this is how to till your field, don't till it this way. This is when to till your field, don't till it this way. Um, I think in a, in a spiritual or uh, emotional way, we have to sit with the land differently not as we are the stewards of the land right but the land is actually stewarding us and that's a huge psychological shift 
by shifting that consciousness of like, oh, we're stewarding the land. Because that's what it comes down to, is we end up having to trust the land. That the land will take care of us, but we have to pay attention. And so what I'm saying is, you know, you need to look deep within yourself, whether it's through meditation or prayer or finding ways and means to to delve deeper into um, finding finding the answers, yeah. And that spiritual connection will create resilience in failure because it is bound to happen. And um, it doesn't mean you need to quit. I think farmers are just special people, you know, and, and they have something innate in them that, that makes it a love, you know, and a passion to do that. Because I, I've, I've known and seen a lot of people, you know, they, they want to farm and do these things, but, you know, as soon as they start, they find out, wow, this is hard work, yeah, or there's a lot more problems that come up. So, you know, the ones that, that have been around and, and are doing it, you know, it's definitely um, commendable because it's not an easy life, yeah. It's not only the psychological stuff, it's the physical stuff, it's the mental stuff, and it's the spiritual stuff. It's this whole thing that you gotta address every single one of them, you know? And and um, farming is a independent business. You know, it's like there's many corporations all over the place. You know, it's tough managing our families, managing our finances, managing this world that we live in, taxes, all the, all the actual, all the stuff that you have to manage as a farmer, being an entrepreneur, running a business, managing accounts, managing produce, cleaning produce, new rules, regulations, um, steadfast. Next, we hear about growing taro, also known as kalo, on the Hawaiian Islands. I definitely admire taro farmers. If you're familiar with Kauai on, on how it floods and the damage that they receive during the flooding, um, it's, it's definitely devastating. And to think that your crops you've been growing for months and months just wiped out overnight. Um, and then to think you're not going to get another crop in the next, you know, year after, after that devastation. You know, it shows you something about determination and, and you know, onipa, yeah, to be steadfast and just, they just continue. You know, and especially because of what, what taro stands for. You know, kalo is the staple of life, yeah, the staff of life for Hawaiians. And, you know, I can only imagine what goes through their mind, but the next day they're out there cleaning up and <laughs> starting all over again. And I just think that's amazing. I think a normal person would go, well, that, there you go, that's it. My family is going kalo. Uh, our our lo'i has existed since time immemorial, um, and now it's uh, we do tropical flowers up there, but the lo'i is still there. Um, and so, kalo to me not only is something that keeps me connected to my ancestors, but is also a way to just perpetuate the legacy of our family. And even, um, you know, I have a good friend that has a has a fairly large banana farm, and I admire him too because. There's a lot of competition, yeah, coming in, but yet he still manages. And I think when you when you talk about Onipa and having that drive and that's you know that steadfastness and that consistency, 
um, you know, those those come to mind automatically. And I admire them because it's it's not a definitely not an easy thing to do, you know, seeing everything wiped down like that. It's about adapting and not trying to hang on too hard to your original plan. I think if you try and fight, you know, people always say, you know, you've got to listen to the land. The land will tell you what to do. And I didn't quite understand what that meant when I first moved here. But now, like, I totally get it. You know, we we're like, oh, we're going to grow fruits and vegetables. Yeah, no, that's not happening. And you need to balance these things out. I mean, if you if you have a balance between bad and good, I mean, you kind of like even keel. So I think you need to seek out the positive stresses and you got to kind of minimize the negatives a lot of times and so it a lot has to do with your mind and how you think um some people have a short-term focus some people have more of a long-term focus and the long-term focus you can weather the storms and the short-term focus you just totally freak it out half the time <laughs> We want to thank all our ag producers throughout the islands, but especially those we heard from on this podcast, for discussing ways they address the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of Hawaii ag production. Thank your farmers. Support your farmers. You know, it's not, it's, it's not easy. If anybody ever tried to grow their own fruit or food, they know that it takes time and money and, you know, take something from seed to you know, to the market is time consuming. And, um, you know, just, just, just a simple appreciation and support, supporting is what will make it go around. Just encourage all of our, you know, all my fellow farmers and producers out there, um, you know, onipa'a, steadfast. Thank you for listening to the Seeds of Wellbeing Voices from the Field podcast featuring the perspectives of ag producers throughout the Hawaiian Islands. If you have found it helpful, please follow, like, and share this episode. If you have ideas about how we can make it better, please let us know in the comments or use the link on our website. Mahalo. Mahalo.